Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Good morning, everyone. This is Jim White coming to you live from Carmel, California on this beautiful Saturday morning, November the 26, 2011. This uh, Thanksgiving uh, holiday uh, weekend uh, for the United States and other, other, other parts. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving with your friends and uh and and uh, really had an opportunity to reflect on what you're thankful for. And when I was preparing for today's show, uh, I I went back and forth on many many different topics. And I might add that uh, I do not have a guest today uh, by design uh, because I wanted to really focus the entire hour on what I ended up defining the theme, if you will, for the show, and and it's uh, where are the leaders? Where are the leaders? As I was preparing for the show, uh, I could not help but uh, think about uh, the things that uh, I'm thankful for, and at the same time to reflect on the things that uh, that really concern me. Concern me for uh, the future uh, as we look at uh, the 24/7 news. Uh, there's not a channel or a paper that we can uh, read or pick up that's not talking about the financial crisis. And I'm not here today to make light of that. It's very serious. It's probably as serious as I've seen in my 40 some odd years uh, in the business arena. It is also very uh, troubling, and for my regular listeners, you know some weeks back I did a show specifically talking about uh, the debt ceiling, and especially when we came up with this 13-member, what we call the super committee. If you go back and uh, look at uh, my, uh, uh, or or read the uh, or listen to uh, the show 
you'll see that I said, you know, how in the world can this work? Well, to no one's surprise, after a lot of effort and a lot of lot of discussion, uh, I mean, we're polarized in this committee. And just as I predicted, not that that's what I wanted, uh, but uh, this thing has failed once again. I was very uh, excited, as I know a lot of the people in the United States were, when we elected our current uh, president at that time. I had high hopes, uh, even though we uh, knew that it was going to be a very challenging, uh, challenging, challenging job. However, I think the, uh, our president, in my mind, uh, as much as I respect the man and respect the office, has lost all credibility. So we we have some real challenges. So today's show is founded uh, on the belief that America is an exceptional nation. Now that's very uh, close to my heart because I am a uh, Vietnam veteran. Uh, I bleed, if you will, the red, white, and blue, the, Amer the American dream and the American flag. America is an exceptional Exceptional. It is exceptional, even with all of our challenges. For not what it has achieved or accomplished, but because unlike any other nation, it is dedicated to the principles of human liberty, grounded on the truths expressed in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal and endowed with equal rights. As Abraham Lincoln once said, these permanent truths are applicable to all men at all times. Now, when I was preparing for the show, uh, for this time of year, I mean, we're, in the, we're ended up, 2011, only four weeks left. We're coming into a presidential election cycle. And as I look at the candidates, I say, geez, I'm not sure we got a leader amongst the group. However, uh, it is also my opinion that we must make a change uh, and because we cannot continue. And as we uh, get into the program. I'm going to bring some very sobering uh, numbers to light uh, as well, and I would certainly enjoy your uh, your input on this. And you can uh, call in at uh, dialing six one nine seven six eight seven two nine eight to express your thoughts or opinion. Now, as I said, Abraham Lincoln once said. And everybody that knows me, you know when I say the thing, say it again and say it again, <laughs> there's a reason, right? Uh, that these permanent truths, and this is what I want us to rally around, is these permanent truths that when we, are, we, when we need to come together uh, and get behind a clear vision, and that's one thing that's missing as well, in my opinion, is no clear uh, vision from the, uh, uh, from the White House, okay? Now, today's show uh, are, is going to explore the principles, and I'm going to explain how we must consider 
going forward, if you will. My view, like I said, I encourage you to get actively involved and uh, by calling in uh, the number that I just gave you, and I'm going to repeat it, uh, 619-768-7298. And also, uh, I invite you to join me every Monday for my new show, The Circle of Success Show with Dr. Jim White, which airs at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. It's a uh, talk format on KYMB TV, Comcast Channel 19, and we stream live currently in the over 200 countries at jlwcos.tv. So I'd encourage you to uh, tune in. Uh, the mission of the show is to educate and to inspire. And how we do that, we bring experts from all walks of life, all professions and all industries. We bring compelling stories uh, to uh, get people uh, involved and our intent is to give you a, uh, a strategy or a couple strategies or tools that you can use immediately to help improve your personal and professional life. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, right after this message, we're going to come back and we're going to dig into where are all the leaders. Where are all the leaders? We'll be right back. This segment is brought to you by 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. 12 O'Clock High is one of the undisputed best movie classics of all time. It is also one of the best business learning tools available. The movie rated number one by top executives for its influence on their management style. Now, the inspiration of the 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit an innovative one-day event and 30-day follow-up where you will quickly see what's working and not working on the front lines of your company and in your own leadership style. Learn more at 12high.com. That's 12high.com. We're back. Topic, where are the leaders? Where are the leaders? As I said in the open-end uh, segment, uh, our founders uh, believed that nations should seek to work amicably together and towards one common goal, right? And in defense of mutual interests. Well, this is the reason we have elected officials. That's the reason we elect them and to go represent uh, the citizens from all walks of life, all states, and that's what they're there to do. So as we talk about the polarization, as we talk about uh, some of the astronomical debt issues that we have, uh, as we continue to drill down on this, I want you to keep one thing in, in mind, is what you can do to influence positive change. Positive change is uh, doing what? Uh, doing everything within our power to put people back to work in the United States, to reduce the, reduce the debt, and to do real reform and not just 
give it lip service. There's a lot that needs to be done in all of our U.S. agencies, and that is real reform. And, and that's where the challenge comes in. But as we look and go about the job of reforming, I want us to stay focused on the intent of the founding fathers. That is one of the best guiding lights that we have is the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. It is our guiding light. Now, I don't know how we've got so far away from that, but we have. So we got to bring it back to center. we got to bring it back to center because, uh, you know, we, we just cannot continue on, on this path. Now, George Washington uh, advised uh, Americans in his farewell address, uh, and he said, Observe good faith and justice towards all nations. Cultivate peace and harmony with all. Well, he was making reference to all the nations. I want us to think about uh, doing that within our own borders as well. I want every elected official to listen to these words and to read, read and put in focus and know that when we go when we go back to work after the holidays, it's get on with the work of the people and not get on with the work of the ego and polarization and politics. It's became such it's become such a strong, strong, strong uh, machine politics. And money, okay? But, you know, the founding fathers also knew that nations, and I'm using the word nations, and I'm going to use it interchangeable as nations and business and departments and all, and, and also international, because I want to touch on a little bit about uh, the United Nations, and I also want to touch uh, briefly on uh, about the United States' role as the world policeman, if you will. So, the Founding Fathers knew, once again I'm repeating, that the nations had competing priorities. Now this is what we're seeing in our different parties as well, right? Competing priorities. There's a lot of things that's going on today. Uh, the Occupy Movement, the Tea Party, uh, the Republicans and the Independents and the Republicans. You know, we're all Americans, which we should be focused for one thing in mind, having all of our people working, getting rid of the entitlement programs, which at the current rate is going to bankrupt us uh, by 2049, by all projections. So we got to put people to work, and we got to control costs, and we got to make sure that we're pulling the cart in the same direction at all times. Now, as the founding fathers were working on the um, uh, uh, Declaration, uh, and they, they went on to say, and they used words over and over and over if you go to read that, priorities that has new concerns emerge. The pull of shared goals, the pull of shared goals, that's the word, shared goal. What is our shared goal today from the United States? as it relates to our economic policy, as it relates to our defense policy, as it relates to our education policy, as it relates to our energy policy, as it relates to our commerce, our international trade. What is that common? Okay, what is it? What is it? Shared goals and interests. 
And if we didn't have that, it's going to what? Weaken or disappear. Make us go away. Make us get uh, more debt. Now, the word alliances were therefore naturally uh, became a word as we started looking at alliances uh, as our founding fathers were uh, looking at the decoration and and, and and I think Alexander Hamilton observed and, and said it best, there's nothing absurd or impractical in the idea of a league or an alliance between independent nations. Once again, we're talking about uh, nations, and I'm using interchangeable as to what we need to do within our own borders, right? Independent nations for certain defined purposes, precisely stated in a treaty regulating all the details of time and place and circumstances and quantity. Now, leaving nothing to future interpretation and depending for its execution on good faith, and that's the word, good faith. We've got to have good faith when people come together not only in the private sector but in public sector we got to we got to be negotiating with each other in good faith not trying to i got you but in good faith and for all parties okay hamilton also and and like the other founders believed an alliance was like a contract well I want to remind our elected officials, when you take the oath of office, which you have been elected by your people, home, I had a silence there because I wanted you to think about that. You are accepting a contract, a verbal and a moral and a written contract to represent your people that elected you, that put you in office. And once again, it, it is healthy to have varying opinions, but we've got to understand what compromise is as well. Compromise and how we go about compromising and with one vision in mind and a common goal in mind. Common goal right now is put people to work, put people to work. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Control costs, stop spending. Stop getting involved in everybody else's uh, concerns around the world, okay? Now, as we move forward into December and January, both on my television show, my radio show, uh, my favorite word, we're going to continue to drill down on this topic. And as we come into the 2012 uh, cycle, uh, I'm going to be uh, taking deeper looks at the Constitution and the Declaration uh, with the intent to say, let's keep everybody focused, let's center the line here. It's remember uh, who we are as a nation. And remember that we have a responsibility, we the leaders have a responsibility to the people that put you in office, or if you're in a private sector, you have a responsibility as a leader, as a supervisor, as a manager, whatever your role is, you have people's lives in your hands by the decisions that you do or do not make. It's important. We understand it's how it all comes together. Okay? Now, Hamilton and the other founders believed, as I said, an alliance was like a contract. 
saying that again another way, is made between particular states or individual states for a finite purpose. For a purpose. The founders were not opposed to an alliance. On the contrary, they valued alliances when they were advantageous. As evidenced by the Treaty of Alliance, they negotiated with France in 1778, for example. But again, like a contract, the provisions of the alliance had to be explicit, very specific, just like when I'm teaching uh, our Circle of Success and our Travel Clock High programs, and I'm, I'm, I'm coaching and, and working with the teams around uh, the, the nation. When we're setting goals, that's the reason I am so specific about the goal must be so specific. You cannot read between the lines. It's got to be specific and time-sensitive, actionable, and, and with what I call feet behind it, action, make things happen. But again, like a contract, the provisions of the alliance, once again, had to be very explicit, right? Hamilton warned that a vague treaty, I just made reference to that and how we set goals, vague treaty with unrealistic objectives, first it's got to be real, is not enforceable and encourages the signatories to that agreement to violate it. Now, this is a big deal. Big, big, big deal. Okay? Now, we've got to get another break in. So I want you to, you, I think you got the flavor of the show for today. And I want you to think about these things and put them in perspective. So what I am doing, we're the leaders I'm taking the Declaration of Independence, uh, what our fathers meant it, and I'm tying it to present time, how it can be used in all fronts. So uh, I think you see where we're going with that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this minute. This segment is brought to you by Circle of Success a dynamic, year-long, intensive management and leadership development process designed to help individuals and organizations reach their goals quickly. A customized process addressing specific needs and identifying the critical opportunities particular to the individual and organization with results measured in increased revenue, increased net profits, and increased equity. The Circle of Success, inspiring excellence in people. At jlwhiteinternational.com slash circles. We're back. Thank you. The topic today is uh, where are the leaders? And once again, uh, happy to get you to participate. Uh, if you want to call in, 619-768-7298. So, in the early part of the uh, present century, uh, there was a uh, epic rage in in Europe for this specifics for compacts uh, from which the politicians of that time fondly I use that word fondly hoped for benefits which were never realized uh, with a view to establishing the peace of that part of the world that all the resources on negotiation were exhausted 
and tripled and quadrupled the alliances were formed. But they were scarcely formed before they were broken. That's what happens a lot of times. Given an instructive but afflicting lesson to mankind, that we've got to be very specific in what we're looking to achieve. How little dependence is to be placed on treaties which have no other sanctions than the obligations of good faith and which oppose general considerations of peace and justice to the impulse of an immediate interest or passion. Now, these words that I'm using today are very specific, needs or passions. The war uh, between uh, Britain and France in the 1790s and the complications uh, this created for America because of its treaty of alliance with France um, led the founders to be very wary or skeptical about alliances. So we got to make sure that, you know, how we enter into things and contracts and alliances and, and agreement. So we got to be very, very, very careful that pretended to be binding for all time. Now, in 1798, little history here, 1798, uh, Congress annulled the Treaty of Alliance with France. Washington later criticized the treaty in his farewell address, cautioning that nothing is more essential than the permanent intervention against particular nations and passionate attachment for others should be excluded, taking care always to keep ourselves by suitable establishments, and I'm reading in uh, period time, uh, suitable establishments on a respectable defense posture. We may safely trust to temporary alliances for extraordinary emergencies. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm reading in uh, uh, period time, a little uh, <laughs> strange, but I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, in, in my research for today's show, I'm, I'm pulling real numbers or real uh, uh, language from that period of time. Now, Washington did not call for Americas to withdraw from the world, but he cautioned against permanent connections and alliances. So you got to, I mean, I think some of the things that kind of plays this out is Libya and other things that the United States, for example, how we've uh, got involved in other world politics. Uh, I mean, look, look at this Libya. It's a perfect example. Because we are a huge supporter at that time. We had a 40-year. I mean, we got all sorts of things that can bring us back to center. But once again, I want you to keep in mind that what we're talking about today is we're the leaders. We're the leaders. We're the leaders. And what is the clear vision? What is our clear goal? What is it we're trying to accomplish uh, for the American people, if you will? Now, Hamilton believed that... Uh, Successful cooperation occurs when 
there were mutual benefits. I agree totally. You've got to have this overused word to win-win, if you will. You've got to be mutual benefits. It cannot be one-sided. And in order to obtain mutual benefits, you've got to be able to compromise. You've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to keep your eye on the ball, and you must leave your ego outside the room when you're negotiating. This is some of the things that's just getting us in so much trouble day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. We've got to do a drastic course correction here. Okay? Now, Hamilton went on to say, when a failure to cooperate, I want every leader elected in private to hear these words. And when a failure to cooperate would hurt all parties, that's what's happened in the super committee. Failure to cooperate. Failure. Digging in your heels without doing a compromise with one thing in mind. To get reelected, reelected, reelected. Politics. Knock it off. We cannot we cannot do that. Now, unfortunately, most international organizations suffer from the problems that Hamilton ascribed to unreal as being unrealistic. Now, I know this is a little cerebral today, <laughs> this show, uh, but I, w- I want you to really grasp the concepts uh, that I'm presenting. Now, like I said, they are uh, concepts for you to agree or disagree, for you to add or take away or whatever. But the thing we're doing here, where are the leaders? The leaders are from all walks of life. The leaders is where are you in the leadership role? When is the last time that you actually picked up the phone, sent an email, or wrote a letter to your elected official? When is the last time you have been in your elected official's office? When is the last time that you've talked to staff? You've got to get involved. More involvement, and this involvement must be peaceful. It cannot be destructive. It cannot, you know, you just can't go about because we are should be rising above that at this stage of our development. But... No, it seems like the best thing that we can do is just uh, shoot each other. Now, like an alliance, international organizations are usually established by a treaty. Okay? So, use, interchange the word a treaty, an agreement, understand it. But unlike an alliance, they are presumed, presumed, presumed to be permanent. Caution and cannot be annulled by the United States. They are composed of states with conflicting interests and frequently have ill-defined purposes. We have an ill-defined purpose in my mind currently today in the United States, and vague responsibilities. This vague responsibility, ill-defined purpose, is one thing that's leading us down to the path of destruction. I speak about this all the time with my with my clients. Clear vision, clear mission, values that you're willing to die for, if you will, clear goals, 
clear accountability, holding everybody accountable, and making sure that we are moving forward in a way that we can measure. And also keep it in mind that it's not about you as a leader. When you accept a leadership role, sometimes it's a very thankless job. Okay? Very thankless. Now, the good faith that Hamilton uh, regarded as uh, unreliable in a lot, a lot of cases, the cost of violating that good faith uh, is sometimes can be very severe. Now, as we talk, I'm going to throw in the international organizations we know today. Specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about the United Nations and its role there. Okay? Now, the international organization most familiar to, to the Americans, you know, is the United Nations. Okay? Well, that's a whole series within itself, which we're going to be looking at in future weeks. Okay? But high-level high today, uh, what I call 50,000-foot uh, altitude view today. Um, the United States belongs to over 50, 50 international organizations, ranging from largely uh, technical institutions like the International Bureau of Weights and Measures to regional diplomatic organizations like the Organization of American States to financial institutions like the World Bank. Uh, while most international organizations were created after 1945, you know, World War II, there are older ones such as the International Telecommunication Union established in 1865. Well, that's, a, that's another drill down because if you are a regular listener to the show, you remember I did a show sometime back about the AT&T T-Mobile merger, and as you're following that, man, what a, what a fiasco that's turning out to be as well. Now, which it sets the standards. And, and like I said, we've got to have a standard in which we can operate across borders, especially today when we are so small, the world is so small, right? Now, the older organizations that the United States belong to typically have a limited scope, typically have a limited scope, which helps them resist uh, politicians uh, and they create tangible benefits that give nations an incentive to participate in their work and abide by their agreements. So let's take this word incentives. What is the incentive, or what was, I should say, the incentive of the Super Committee? What is the incentive of the House both, on both sides of the aisle? What is the incentive uh, to the uh, uh, administration? What is the incentive to our kids going to school and getting good grades? What is the incentive of uh, couples coming together in diff, uh, difficult times, uh, which I find very, very interested, and I'm uh, really contemplating that more daily as I get older. It's amazing how fast uh, you know people have these oaths and these treaties and these agreements that we're going to do all this great stuff together, and when it gets tough, gets going, we just fall apart. Yeah, which I think is just you know it's it's, it's amazing. Now, keep it in mind the topic: where are the leaders? And like I said, I, I realize the show today is a little a, a little left brain, a lot of left brain stuff here. 
but it's important to get these concepts and, and keep them in focus. So we got to get another break in, and we're going to we're going to come back. And we're going to continue to drill down on this. Guys, it's just amazing how fast the time goes. Uh, I, I when I'm doing the show, I just get so absorbed, and I'm always thinking about what we can do to give you different tools that can help your personal and professional life to be better tomorrow than it was today. That's my purpose. That's my being. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a clarity of purpose? Are you a recent college graduate, unemployed, an entrepreneur, or considering a career change? A business owner or employee struggling with performance issues? Announcing the August 20th launch of the worldwide phenomenon, What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 can help you define your goals and vision. Start living your life on purpose. Living on purpose is all about joy. Living on purpose is about intention. Living on Purpose is about personal transformation and continued growth. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 is a 12-week challenging course that helps you address finances, relationships, spiritual growth, physical, and mental health. You'll reclaim your personal power and get your life on track to attain true success. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 launches August 20th. Learn more and register at whatsmypurpose.com slash v2. That's whatsmypurpose.com slash v2. Thank you. We're back. What I want to do, uh, like I said, I'm going to drill down a little bit more on the United Nations and why am I adding the United Nations into this? Well, I'd made mention of Libya earlier, and the United Nations was a uh, uh, was a big force in that. Uh, we're talking about um, what it is, it is not. We're talking about treaties or agreements or uh, different things we get ourselves into, uh, and and so we're going to continue to drill down on that just a, a little bit, and and then I'm going to bring up some very uh, sobering numbers for you. And and for you to become more educated, especially as it relates to spending and the deficit and uh, uh, taxes and what's keeping us uncompetitive and uh, you know all these type of things, which is uh, requires you to become more informed to be able to make an informed decision when it becomes when you have an opportunity to go cast your vote. Uh, in November uh, for the uh, next president. Now, Hamilton could have predicted uh, the UN's aspirations have often foundered on the shows of conflicting national interests. Okay? you got all these bodies coming together, right? Despite the political and financial support the UN has received from the United States, and its influential position as a permanent uh, veto-wielding member of the UN Security Council, the United States has often be often been disappointed uh, by the UN's uh, actions and by the fact that many of its member states do not live up to the principles espoused in the U- in the UN Charter. Well. We could say the same things in a lot of ways about a lot of uh, the greed in both public and private sector, right? 
So this is how we're doing that interchanging. We're bringing a whole bunch of pieces together and let them merge so you can really, wow, ask the question, man, is this what we're doing? And this is what Gen 10 is. And like I said, there's nothing better than education. You need to know, right? Now, too often uh, people get in a hurry to address, in Hamilton's words, an immediate interest or passion. Now, President Reagan observed in his 1985 address to the United General Assembly, which was just historical, the vision of the UN Charter to spare succeeding generations this scourge of war remains real, he says. It still stirs our soul and warms our hearts, but also demands of us a realism that is rock-hard, clear-eyed, steady and sure. That's what we must be for our families and our jobs, our politicians, a realism that understands the nations of the United Nations are united. Well, go back to the Super Committee. Were we reunited? Were we united to meet the deadline? And the Super Committee that agreed to accept that position and said, yes, we will come together and we will reduce, or agree to 1.7. A deficit. Think about that. Were they united? They knew what they were getting themselves into. And so we just wasted our time, wasted our money, and we're no better off than we began as we start dealing with this budget deficit. Now, we also have things on the table about allowing the 2001 and 2003 uh, tax that would be a disaster if we allowed those to lapse. In my mind, my show, right, in my mind, it would be a disaster if we allowed those to uh, uh, lapse. And also we're talking about raising taxes. Well, I tell you, you go back in history, I mean, raising taxes has really never been the full key to it, and I know I'm going to get a lot of emails on that. What do you mean by that? Well, I have an opportunity to explain another time. Now, real reform, real reform, and I hate to use that word because it's so often used with all the politicians, but I'm talking about real reform is necessary if we're going to make a course correction uh, on our deficit reduction and putting people back to work and getting rid of, getting rid of all these overburdened agencies uh, with no clear vision, no clear accountability, but spending the taxpayers' money like crazy. Okay? Now, conflict in interest. And I would say that's what we have with the super committee the moment it was formed. And it's the same thing that the founding fathers were talking about in treaties and alliances and what we're talking about in the United Nations. And that's always been a real issue for us in the United Nations from the beginning of time. Conflict and interest and values among nations will always impede collective action to address international peace and security. Okay? That's why we've got to have a united and that's when you bring all people together. I mean, you, you, just got, you just got huge challenges. 
Well, within the United States, we should we should have an easier go of it, if you will, is to be able to come together around a common vision, right? Common vision, a common goal. That's what's the best for the citizens, for the security, their health, the well-being, economics, uh, family unit, and so on and so forth, right? Now, United Nations, there to this word to advance human rights or facilitate better standard of life. Well, what's the difference? You, you see how I'm using this? What's the difference about the standard of life? I say this every time I'm doing a speaking or doing a workshop or doing consulting and coaching for my clients. It is the quality of life that you choose. You have a choice. You must choose that. You must also know when times are tough, and I said I've seen it. I'm you know going through tough times daily, but you can never give up. You got to keep your eye on the prize, if you will. So many people give up, throw in the towel, and become a victim over and over and over. It makes it just absolutely makes me ill. Okay, makes me ill, and I'm becoming out a little bit out more outspoken about it. As the days progress, okay, really, really outspoken. Now, worse, member states, I'm continuing on uh, the UN Charter, member states often misuse international organizations to undermine peace and freedom. That's what we do on a daily basis in our words and our spin and sometimes in our media. We're doing the same thing, right? Okay? Misuse. Now, the organizations themselves increasingly seek to uh, to infringe on national sovereignty. I don't know. Where is it written that, I'm going to put our U.S. hat on for a moment, that we got to be the policemen of the world, that we're, you know, we're certainly the leaders of the world. If you take a leadership road, then you got to become a policeman, right? I, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, now, supporting international organizations is not without consequences. There's a consequence of everything that we do. There's a consequence of a decision that you make. There's a consequence of a non-decision that you make. There's a consequence in everything that we do. Okay? Consequence. It is a burden, albeit sometimes a burden worth bearing. If you want to get out of bed every day and and breathe, there's burdens. You know, there are some people that's more uh, fortunate to have more disposable income than others, and and I would say the disparity. And there's decisions made. I've made crazy, doggone decisions that's cost me dearly. Not only from a monetary standpoint, but from a relationship standpoint across the board. And sometimes you wonder, wonder why these things occur. And 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 sometimes you just have pure evil people, right? Evil people in the world. This what I call this black uh, energy. That's what term I use. And I have some friends of mine was having discussing that uh, uh, term the other day, which is a, another show with himself. Now, it is absolutely critical that 
you take a real assessment of where you are in your life, both individually and organizationally. If you are in a place in your life where you're just treading water, where you're not happy, if you're in a relationship that is causing you more stress, get out. Get out, as painful as it may be. You've got to look, and it's not to become self-centered, but you've got to realize that there's more to life than just the pain associated with it. Now, carrying on this theme of the United Nations just a little bit. Geez, we've got 11 minutes left in the show. Wow. If the United States is not to undermine its interests, just like we got to be careful in our family unit, our business unit, not to undermine our interests, it must abandon I'm going to use the default position of supporting and engaging with international organizations regardless regardless of their performance. That's a mouthful, enough that I need to repeat it. If the United States is not to undermine its interests, it must abandon, abandon default, its default position of supporting and engaging with international organizations, regardless of their performance. We've got to stop it. Instead, we, the U.S., must assess honestly whether each organization works, whether its mission is focused and attainable and dependent on good faith that does not exist, and whether it advances U.S. interests. Now, I want you to go back. I want you to replay that, but I want you to take that section out. I want you to put it in your personal context of those words and answer the same question for you individually, your family, and your organization. Big stuff there, and that's what gets us in trouble. Now, the evaluation is not a violation of America's obligations or a rejection of diplomacy in any any means, or a manifestation of becoming isolation. It is a fundamental privilege, fundamental privilege, and responsibility of a sovereign democratic government. And there's a great quote that I found from uh, Senator, the great Senator Jesse Helms, uh, and vividly put, in his U.S. Security Council address. So there's a lot of history uh, in preparing for this show, a lot of research. And he says, all, to us, want a more effective United Nations. But if the United Nations is to be effective, it must be an institution that is needed by the great democratic powers of the world. Same with any uh, entity, organization, or any marriage or partnership that you may have, it must be uh, it must be jointly effective. Now, the American people want the UN to serve uh, the purpose for which it was designed, its mission. They want it to help sovereign states coordinate collective efforts, right, or actions, I should say. 
They want it to provide a form where diplomats can meet and keep open channels. Well, as we are talking about this, I mean, this is the double-edged sword that we're talking about today, and I'm bringing back into perspective about the super committee and about both sides of the aisles, about the administration, and then as we start breaking it down at every state level, uh, I mean, we lessons to be learned. So what I would encourage uh, all of our uh, elected officials or want-to-be politicians and our private sector leaders and CEOs and families to take a look at these, uh, you know, the Declaration of the Constitution is a solid foundation. And I am just in awe every time I pick up the Declaration, or and I've been fascinated in the Constitution uh, just going over and over and over it. And yes, we have uh, constitutional law and law professors, and we've got interpretations, and we've got this, and we've got all this subjective. But once again, if we are the foundation that set this country where it is today is based on the vision of the founders and their vision, and how in the world over 200 years ago were these individuals so enlightened to be able to put together such a wonderful document to be our flagship, if you will, to be our beacon of light, to guide us, and and how we today have got so far to the left of it, to the right of it, whatever term you want to use. I'm not doing any poli- uh, political uh, uh, situation in, in that regard. So it is absolutely important that we have institutions where we're talking about the United Nation or where we're talking about the Congress or the Senate or budgets or departments or individuals that we have all the tools to attain a, the goals and, and, and to make sure that we are uh, doing and, and representing uh, the people. And like I said, we are challenged. As you look at the uh, European uh, crisis, financial crisis, uh, and you look at Greece and look at Italy and look what's going on. If you pick up the news today in Egypt and Libya and Afghanistan and Iraq and other parts of the world, um, we're just challenged in in just about in every uh, corner, right? Now, it is absolutely critical, critical that the United States should not participate in an international organization simply to exist. If an international organization is effectively addressing a problem and unmistakably advances American interests, the U.S. should support it. But if the organization is irrelevant, Badly flawed, and we can say that about ourselves, we're, we're doing an interchanger, badly flawed, which I think this super committee deal was, is badly flawed, about the inability to agree on, and, and past shows I'm talking about infrastructure development and, and funding, uh, well, that's been going on for two years now, 
to be able to put people back to work. And there's no faster way in order to put people back to work than to really embrace uh, infrastructure uh, improvements uh, within the United States. Why not say that? Because if it's done in the United States, those jobs cannot be exported. You need the workers in the states to do it. So it's important. Yet, I mean, yet even the failure of the super committee uh, has put the farm bill in jeopardy, uh, has put uh, the um, uh, highway funding bill in jeopardy, uh, the president's job act. I mean, we're just got different stuff and different rhetoric going on all over the place, which is which is doing nothing. Uh, so become educated. Uh, become educated. Now, in the remaining time that we have, um, I, I, I want to leave you with this. We've got about three minutes. And I want to leave you with these thoughts. While the American founders, okay, I want you to think about that word, American founders. American founders did not live in an age of international organizations. They did. They wanted the U.S. to govern itself, to practice diplomacy, and to seek to live in amity with other nations. As long as international organizations contribute to these ends, they are valuable. Well, I'm going to stop and once again put a uh, sidebar in here. The same with our uh, uh, with our Congress and our Senate. At this point in time, it's up to me. I'd throw everyone out and start over. And this is how serious it is. And we've got to have some serious leadership in order to do uh, course correction, right? Now, as long as the international organization contribute to these ends, they are valuable. If they do not, they are destructive. That's what's happened to the super committee, in my opinion, has been destructive. And the American people should seek, seek to modify or withdraw from them, and if necessary, found new organizations that will contribute more effectively to your safety and happiness. Well, that's the opportunity you have coming into election year 2012. I want you, I want you to continue to inform yourself, and I want you to make sure that you check our website. I'm going to put a lot of information on our website, and it's uh, the website jlwcos.tv, jlwcos.tv. Uh, I'm going to put a report there on the talk about the deficit, uh, where the projections and entitlements and the uh, and, and all of those uh, type of things up on the uh, uh, website. So. Once again, uh, I want to thank you for allowing me to come into your space today, wherever that may be. I want to thank our international listeners that continue to uh, tune in and, 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 and mark our channel as favorites. I want to thank the production crew uh, 
at the on my Circle of Success show with Dr. Jim White. Uh, uh, we we have our third show, third show. I'm so excited. I'm excited about the direction we're going uh, on Monday. So I want you to tune in on that. Uh, once again, you can view it live any place in the world at jlwcos.tv. So until next week, uh, this is Jim White saying thank you. Uh, have a great weekend and uh, happy Thanksgiving and uh, be safe and wish you all the best in the holiday season and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website jlwhiteinternational.com Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.